Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. What is up? Field Street Forum Radio is on the air. Wednesday, June 21st, 22nd. Time for Field Street Forum Radio, where we talk the latest in Georgia sports, Georgia football, Georgia recruiting, all Georgia everything. I'm your host, The Real Dre, joined, as always, by Jason Harry Dog. What is up? What all? Going on and making a slightly early appearance, Calvin from Camden. What's up, Calvin? What's up, guys? Not a whole lot. Just uh, just getting it started. Hopefully tonight. I talked to Richard Samuel earlier today, and I believe he may be giving us a call, letting us know about his uh, football camp coming up. It's right around the corner, and then uh, also, of course, we'll be talking talking dogs and what his expectations are on the season. And maybe talk a little bit about these running backs on the roster, see what he thinks about them as well. Um, so look forward to talking to him hopefully in the next probably 15 or 20 minutes. Um, but heading into it, man, what what's the latest? You guys got anything going on, first of all? Any any pressing news? Uh, well, of course, you know, Jason's probably still celebrating LeBron James's uh Cleveland referees of winning the NBA finals. That was a great win for them. LeBron James. <laughs> LeBron James. Bron Bron. Bron Bron is what I call him. Bron Bron. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was a good <laughs> final. I wish the games. It was so weird because all the games, except for I guess the last, the last one was completely The good. last two, the last two were good. The other yeah. one was a bunch I, of crap. I tell them. Yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't realize Steph Curry's uh, wife was our special podcast host tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. <sighs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I know, man. I don't know why they crying. They they just blew that. They they coach they coach blew that, man. They all they had to do is stay with their regular rotation. They've been doing it all year long. Barbosa in the game. Every game that they won, Barbosa and the bench. You know, like the first game they were they were they were tired at they were tired at the end of the first quarter, but it looked like Cleveland was beating them because they, they hit more shots, but they hit more three pointers. They put the they put the bench in. The bench went on a 14-0 run, and they blew him out. After that, he he had he hadn't been playing the right bench. He's been digging for people, putting McAdoo in the game, who never played played in seven games all season, and McAdoo get the start and he get to play. I'm like, man, what kind of what is right. Steve Kerr doing? He he did that Mark. I mean that uh, uh what's his name? Uh, Mark. Uh, Mark. The guy from uh, St. Louis when they were so good and 
he got to the he got in the Super Bowl and started doing all kind of stuff. He's a genius and he you know how them geniuses go crazy sometimes. Oh. They do too much. Yeah, Mike, Mike Mark. Yeah. yeah. I think I think he definitely overthought it, you know. It is, man. You got stick, stick you got with it. what what got you there and I mean Barbosa was he showed out anytime every he got game. To every yeah. time he got in the game. They got the deepest team in basketball, man. You don't think I'm throwing I'm throwing five out there, five more out there, five more out there, and by the end of the series, your tongue's gonna be hanging out and we're gonna beat the crap out of you. Three mm-hmm. one three one and you lose the last three and two at home? Yeah. Seventy three wins? Man. You didn't lose you didn't lose back to back games all year and then you lose the last three. Crazy. But whatever. But the, it's gonna be a fun off season too for the NBA as it's already it's already gotten started, man. Already Hawks, started. Hawks kicked it off trading Teague to the Pacers for the twelfth pick, and then uh, Derrick Rose has supposedly been traded to the Knicks. I don't know, man. It's on. If, if you can get a healthy Derrick Rose, that's that's a good move. But I don't. I just don't think he's ever gonna be back to what he was. But if you got you got Carmelo, you ain't gonna get too many shots anyway. <laughs> For Zanga and all them, they got a nice. I mean, but what else they got around them? You know, they got they got their big three now. But what else yeah. they got around them? Porzingis is good, man. Yeah, he is. Um, but we'll see. It'd just be nice to get see some Georgia basketball going on eventually, sometime. Maybe get it going. I don't know. Georgia uh, who? Georgia who? <laughs> Until they get a better stadium, man, I'm telling you, Stegman Coliseum is not, like, it's the oldest place in the world, man. It's the smallest, oldest place in the world to go watch basketball. Why would you go play there? I'm just saying, yeah. if you're one of the greatest, you're one of the best guys, why would you go play there unless you just love Georgia? You love your right. state and you want to represent. But right now it's kind of hard, man. It's kind of hard to beat. Kansas and North Carolina and everywhere else these guys are going, Arizona and California and everywhere else. Yeah. Hey, Jason, did you see that post on uh, FieldStreetForum.com in the Classic City chat about Clay? Oh, Lord, have mercy. Have you seen anything or heard anything on that? It's always something, man. What happened? you know? Um, UGA dismisses freshman from the football team. He probably got in trouble again after all the other bull crap. Wow. Wow, we. Chad Clay just got, they just got rid of him? Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, I don't know exactly, but I imagine... He probably got in trouble again. Darn, I'm way behind. I had no idea. I mean, that's just kind of me making that up. You know, him and uh, Rochester got busted, you know, with the whole BB gun incident. Right, right. And so it was looking like that was going to kind of be taken care of and just kind of dropped to misdemeanors and pretrial diversion stuff, you know, crap like that. Wow. But then I, I 
I'd almost be willing to guarantee you he got in trouble again. I mean, that's practically what it has to be, you know, having to read something into it without seeing anything concrete right now. Yeah. Last thing I did when I searched was just an article from the Macon Telegraph saying uh, possible Georgia freshman football players could see a resolution in their case for a felony possession of a weapon in the school zone and criminal damage to property. Enter a pre-trial diversionary program, likely last 18 months, community service, and a fee. I don't know, dude. Yeah, he, he, he had, he had to got in trouble again. I don't, I don't see him getting kicked off just for that BB gun bullcrap. No, uh-uh. But something, yeah, something else happened. I'm going to see if I can find out. Thanks, wow. Yeah, see... See if you can hear anything, Calvin, and let us know. That's, that's wow. I mean, that's, I guess, perfect timing for the podcast. I mean, <laughs> if you want a news to talk about, there you go. There you go. How you doing, man? It's just too bad that uh, they didn't do this in Louisiana, I guess, huh? Yeah, he could have got off, right? They could you know, the... the the district attorneys there they don't want to they don't want to ruin kids futures for uh for making bad decisions hmm. that was crazy this wish is, I, I wish I could hear something i haven't seen anything on uh like i said when i searched it, it nothing came up so this must be very very recent i'm recent looking news. around and texting around and stuff we'll see yeah, yeah, where y'all got where y'all got that from? Uh, the guy posted it in Field Street forum in oh, the okay. city chat. Said, well, yeah, it's, it's it's on it's on twenty four seven too. Is it? Dang. Golly! Hey, all I got all I got from my man is he's gone. Oh really? Yeah. I guess he can't. You know, hey. You can't, you can't speak on everything. Right, right, right. <laughs> I don't know what the crap he's done. Well, let's bring this district attorney here to Athens. Uh, I want to emphasize once again that the main reason I'm doing this is that I refuse to ruin the lives of two young men who have spent their adolescence and teen years working and sweating while we're all in the air conditioning. That's the district attorney in the uh, Alabama case with... Cam Robinson and and what was the other guy's name? Hootie Jones or something. After they were caught with an actual weapon in their car, not just a not just a BB gun, by the way. Um, oh boy! Well, yeah, I'd, I'd be willing to put money on it now that we get uh, Smith, the grad transfer from Alabama. Gino. I was just about to say that you'd be able to add a you'd be able to add a decent debate. I mean, which I think this- I think we we already had room before, so I don't think it's necessarily processing to open up a spot. But no, no, I'm talking about in the next class that gives oh, me. Oh yeah, you know what I'm next saying? class too. You know what I'm saying? So if you want to take an extra, you can take an extra. Now who is this, Jason? The 
Not Sean Burgess Becker. He's a uh, he'll have three years to play. He's probably heading to like Central Florida, closer to home. But they have a grad transfer that's uh, tra- talking about you know transferring. Mm-hmm. Maurice Smith, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You know he's with Kirby and Tucker, so and right. then you know he's a grad transfer, so he don't have to sit out any. Well, that would be. Did he play much last year? He uh, he played some. He was expected to start at nickel last year. And then, uh, who was it? They put that freshman Minka Fitzpatrick head on him. And now Fitzpatrick's probably moving on the corner. He was expected to start at uh, star again this year. Uh, okay. Unless they recruited over him again, you know. So, evidently, either he didn't feel comfortable with the playing time or, or whatever, but... Hmm. So it was and good, was good chance he's out. I mean, I'll be honest. Be... I hadn't heard one thing about Clay. No, uh, that's that's so. And just kind that, of that one. That one definitely got me. I, I'm gonna say this, and I'm, I don't, I ain't trying to be because he left, but he didn't impress me during the spring, even though he was a freshman. He was kind of slow. He was kind of slow in his reaction, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. You know, plus he's probably you got to think too, just getting used to stepping up your game to the college level and everything. He's gonna his reaction times probably aren't gonna be spot on. Probably, right. you know, overthinking things and everything. So, wow, that, that's shocking. Uh, I think you got about probably two choices. Either he did something again or their punishment was internal and things were supposed to be getting done and he wasn't doing them. Yeah. I mean, there really aren't many more choices than that. It's one or the other. Yeah, really. Well, that's that's a shocker to me, man. So you said 24-7's already got it up, so... Chad Clay has yeah. been dismissed from the University of Georgia yep. or even is able to play a, an official down. Uh, that's that's rough, man, uh, for him and for the team, uh, just for the depth, you know, because he had a bright future in front of him, I think. But I don't know. We'll see. Um, hold on a second. I believe we have our first guest, Field Street Form Radio. Who do we have? Richard Samuel. Hey, Richard. How's it going, buddy? Hey. How's going? How are you? Good, good. How was your? We were just discussing the latest news there. Chad Clay has been dismissed from Georgia, so I didn't. Really? Yeah, he was the one with Rochester that got caught with the BB gun or whatever in their in their dorm room. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So something else must have come up. That's the only thing we can kind of figure out is something else must have went down because. I, I don't know. It's just it's still kind of kind of stunned, really. Yeah, I figure it has to be something. I mean, a BB gun. Be, uh, well, yeah, it has to be a BB gun because they have the rules about you no know, guns on campus. Right. But it's usually like a strike system. But I don't think it's a you no know, first first time just off the team. Right. Yeah, I I agree, man. Well, how are how are things with the with Richard Samuel so far this year? I think it's good. 
Don't forget it, Jess. Just like anything else, it's just slow. It's a slow build. Right, slow right. grow. Now, of course, you've got the uh, Richard Samuel football camp coming up. That is coming up on, looks like, let's see, June 24th and 25th. So this this, uh, this Saturday, I guess? This Friday, Saturday? Yeah, so, yeah, this Friday, Saturday. This that little one-day camp trying to get, trying to build football in the winder ball area. Right. So they, they want to get more interest, more kids out there doing it so they can have like a feeder program to help, you know, the – First, I want to all the young kids, then they're going to hopefully going to build to help in the high school down the road. Right. So that's kind of what we're trying to do, just keep it simple and just get kids involved and get them, you know, started and get their feet wet in it. Right. This is for uh, the 24th. is for ages 9 to 13, uh, from 6 o'clock to 8.30, and it's $35, and it's going to be at the Victor Lord Park. Yeah, yes. Yeah, Street in Winder, Winder Georgia. And uh, Saturday is June 25th for the younger kids, ages 5 to 8, and it's $25, and that'll be from 9.30 to 11.30 a.m. And uh, they, can, they can register online at samuelperformance.com, or you can register on, on site. Yes. All right. Good deal, man. How, now, you've had a couple of camps. You had a couple in uh, – in your hometown, then you had one in Athens last year. Are those still in the works too, or are you just gonna go with the one in Winder for this year? Well, the, the one in my hometown is still in the works. I have that. That is gonna be in July, and I don't have the one for Athens this year. I got, I got out. Um, the party was given to the local Oconee local high school coaches. Oh, okay. They decided they want to have the account. I just got the, you know, the bad end of the deal. Right. Yeah. I got you. Yes, I still have the one in my hometown, and after speaking with the right department in Barlow, we're going gonna to keep this going every year from here on out. Oh, sweet. Yeah, so that's a good deal there. See if we can grow and build that. Good deal. Tell me this, of course, you played both linebacker and running back at Georgia. Tell me about this running back class like Elijah Holyfield coming in, and, and I don't know if you had a chance to see Brian Herring, um, but you, you see the vine with, with Holyfield. I guess he was squatting, what, one, four? Jason, you remember what it was by chance? I don't know. It was, I think it was over 400 pounds he was squatting the other day. It was a vine. Yeah, it was, it was like right at, I think 405, 425. It was right over 400. Yeah. Oh, wow. No, I didn't see that. Let me – I think this class is going to be very interesting. Because mm-hmm. we may, we still got children of Sony, we got athletes, and then we got these other, you know, whole things, other guys coming in. We're going to be stacked. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I'd like to see, or I'm interested to see, is how they use these guys for their, their ability and how they're going to use it for the game. It's going to have like a third down back, it's going to have a lead back to get things rolling. You know, I wonder if they use the kind of the NFL. You know, the NFL has scat backs and, you know, you got a first and second down and a third down back. I'm curious mm-hmm. how they're using these running backs. Yeah, I mean, because you have to think with, with Nick Chubb coming off the, the major knee surgery and everything, they're going to want to limit him, especially early on. I think they would want to limit his carries. So you're going yeah. to have to 
obviously going to have to use Sony, cause, and Sony's too good to keep off the field anyway. But exactly. then you got these other these other kids coming in, you know, and, and Holyfield doesn't really look like a freshman already, so <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> so it, uh, I think somebody might get fresh shirted just uh-huh. so just to keep depth and keep people there. Because like you said, yes, you're gonna you're gonna hard keep Sony off the field. You don't want to limit Nick, but then at the same time. Looking at all these, looking at Todd and all these other guys who have the same knee surgery—well, not the same, but somewhat the same knee surgery—and they come back better than ever. They're going to be like, they're going to question, "Hey, should we just let him go? Because we did his rehab to this extent, or should we hold him back?" And then right. if we hold him back, they might—they might dang all we want to kick themselves in the butt if it turns around to bite them. Right, getting that class separation always. Kind of helps out everything. Um, I think Harrion may be your redshirt candidate, possibly, and then uh, especially if Crowder continues to to improve as well, he he's really seems to have made some strides over last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take uh, yeah, Crowder. Right. What about? Her? Yeah, and then also Shakaray Wilson. Uh, you know, switch positions from receiver to running back. How? How do you think he may be able to to handle that transition from a from a receiver to a running back? It depends how. The, I think if they use him kind of like how when they had Sony as in the uh, the wildcat from time to time, that might be kind of what he could do. The receiver mm-hmm. and running back, it's a different mm-hmm. ball game in that backfield. Yeah, you know, receiver receiver, he got space to maneuver, he got space to block. Running back, you don't really have much space. You're either going downhill, you got a blocker coming straight downhill at you, the linebacker or, or some type of lineman. But if they kind of use him kind of like in a in a wildcat or as a scat back, he can be dangerous in space. Because receivers in space, you don't want that. Right. So I think, be, yeah. I think that's how to use them. Because, like I said, I mean, you can bring a receiver inside when you got Holyfield, Sony, and Chubb back there. What sense does that make to use between the tackles? Right. No doubt, no doubt. What would be, when you came in, a couple things I want to ask you, but when you were coming in as a freshman, what was the biggest transition you you felt like you had to make? Was it the speed of the game or the strength of the game? I mean, you always, you know, showed to be in, in, you know, great physical condition and everything, even for, you know, whatever age you were. What, what what was the I, biggest thing that that jumped out to you when you transitioned from high school to, to college? I think I have to say it was the speed. I remember I was a freshman, and it might have either been Geno Atkins or Rob Battle. I know I watched Calvin freshman. I watched Caleb King. He's running the play to the left, and then either Geno or Rob, somebody came from that backside and made the play. Uh, I'm thinking if a lineman comes from the back side and makes the play and it's going away from him, it's a whole new, it's a whole new ball game of speed. <laughs> you didn't see that happen yeah. at high school level? <laughs> no, I didn't see that happen at high school. I mean, if the ball goes away from you and you're a defensive lineman, you just stay back there to look reverse. You're not making the play on the other side. <laughs> and also I wanted to ask you, too, when you when you came out of high school, as a senior, you were 16, right? You were 16 on campus in Athens, right? Yes, sir. Was there 
did you ever think, like, man, I wish I would have just, you know, they didn't. I guess they had you move up a grade, or, or how did how did that end up working out? Well, what happened was um, when I was younger, when I was started school, cause I'm from the St. Croix Islands, and there, right. you're not really, you're not really stuck to grade by age. So when I first started, I went straight to um, first grade. Uh-huh. I didn't, didn't do all of that. When I moved up to Georgia, they wouldn't say, well, since I was young, they wanted to hold me back. But my grade was good enough to be in whatever grade I was already in. Uh, okay. Because my grade was good enough and I can, ha- I can you know, academically stay in that grade level, my parents refused to allow me to be held back in grade just to my age. Right. So that's how that happened. But as far gotcha. as being 16 on campus or especially on the football field, I thought it was more of a mental thing. I physically, I thought I can hang with it. Cause I was, let's see who was there, Sean, Caleb, and um, uh, Calvin. Who else was there? Me and Sid Carl Thomas. I was, it was in a running back group. I'm not, I was probably the fastest running back there. So I wasn't right. too concerned of, you know, not being fast enough to keep up. Yeah. Now, so it was more of a mental thing of realizing, like, wow, you know, I'm 16, and some of these guys are 20. I'm not 20, 21, 22. There's one guy that was 25 on the team when I was there. Right. So it was like, it was a more mental thing than, you know, physically not being able to keep up with it or compete. Right. Huh. What would be your, your advice to these these incoming freshmen coming in? Obviously, I guess I wish we could have gotten some advice to Chad Clay, but uh, <laughs> what would be uh, – in your mind, what would be your advice that you were able to speak to these kids right now? I would say do everything right up front from the start. Don't get a bad reputation. But once you get a bad reputation, it's hard to dig yourself out of it. You're going to automatically mm-hmm. be labeled, and you got to work uphill. If you set things straight with your academic, if you, if you show who you are, that you can handle yourself as an adult now that you're out of high school, out of your parents' house, you have more freedom. I mean, as a, when I first got, I, don't, I think it might still be the same. I'm not certain. But mm-hmm. when I first got in, you had to be in um, study hall for two years. Well, I mean, my GPL is high enough. They see, they know I was doing my work, so I was in study hall for probably like a semester and a half, and I mm-hmm. got out of study hall. So not many freshmen slash sophomores able to do that. But they knew, oh, hey, we don't have to worry about Richard. He can get his job done. So they can just stay straight from the beginning. I understand you might curve off a little bit off the path of being right, but you got to start out strong, start out good. Academically, as off the football field. On the football field, go to every workout. Be ready because you never know when your number is on call. I mean, well, I was a sophomore, junior, I believe, and I think all our running backs either got hurt or got suspended when I was switching linebacker and ended up having to come back to running back. So you never know when your number's going to get called. Right. And make sure you're ready. Know your playbook. Yeah. No doubt. Hey, Dre, would would you like my advice? Yeah. If you've been arrested for having a BB gun on campus and you're trying to get that taken care of, don't get arrested for a second time in four months for theft by taking. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I agree. Completely mm. agree. And I know what I think it is. I want to blame it on 
there's a, there's a couple things. One, so much social media, and then the hype around, you know, these five star or all this um, signing day and all that. That put athletes mm-hmm. on a pedestal, thinking that hey, you can get away with certain things. They're probably in their hometown. They got away with certain things because they, you know, they're one of the few that gets to leave to go to a big name school or something big. Well, you know, yeah, like Coach Rick did a real good job at it and humbling us because every time we somebody did something wrong, he made sure you either get suspended or you get whatever. Athletes got to realize, hey, if once football is over, if I'm not playing in the NFL. I'm just a normal person out there. So if I do a crime, I'm going to get the same consequence as the next person out there. Yeah. That's something I, I wish I had to realize. Like, yes, you know, within your four to five years in college, you might get away with certain things. But once that last day of playing ball is over with, it's real life. So you got to either straighten up now or straighten up then, which is going to be harder then because you have nobody to get you out of trouble. You got Gant that helps you with a football team. And they got a whole staff that will help you realize you on your own. Right. Yeah, the, do you feel like the guys, the players are – I imagine most of them do, but do you feel like everybody takes advantage of, of having somebody like a, a Coach Gant or, or that support staff? Do you feel like they take advantage of that situation enough? Or? You talking about the players take advantage of having that or taking advantage of – Oh, because I can have this, I can do whatever. What do you, which, how do you mean that question? Yeah, do do you think the players take advantage of having such a, a valuable resource like that? I mean, you know, somebody to really help you out if you need anything or for any kind of support, really. Well, as far as the, in a positive way, I think a lot of players do look to Gantt and say, hey, I need help with this. And that, that's kind of like their play to, like in the NFL, they call their player development. So with that, that's real. A lot of from what I've known and seen, a lot of guys really did take advantage of that because you need somebody there that can help you. Like mm-hmm. I said, once you're, I mean, your parents want to do so much because they're so far away from home. Your coaches are limited because of all the NCAA rules. Yeah, he has a lot more freedom. So he and he knows he knows almost everybody in Athens and everything. Right. He can help anywhere that you need. Now, as far as the negative side. I don't see many people taking advantage of stuff. The Gant will let you know, hey, if you mess up, I can't correct you wrong. Right. I can't do that. You know, if it's something that you personally did and, you know, it was intent, all I can do is, you know, take you through the process, the proper process that you have to go through to, you know, go through whatever process of getting in trouble. But I just can't make it go away or I can't make it disappear because you've done wrong. Right. So that aspect, again, those are, you don't really – Say, oh, well, you know, you did it wrong. Let me try to erase it. Or let me try to put it under the rug. You don't do that. So the athletes can't really take advantage of them in that, in that way. Right. As you kind of mentioned the, you know, the, the kids coming in with the on a pedestal as a, you know, highly rated four or five star recruit and then, you know, kind of feel like they can do no wrong. But talk about a little bit about that transition from, because you came in as a five-star recruit as well. Talk about a little bit about the difference between how you're treated as that recruit and then how you're treated once you get on campus. Do you, do you notice a big difference between the two? or Is there, uh, a, is there a, a de-recruitment that goes on? Through the recruitment process, it is, I would say it's a big difference because everybody's pulling at you. You feel like you're overly or well-known. And everybody wants to, you know, speak to you, get your attention. 
Now, once you're on campus, it's not as much. Yes, they know of you, but they're not going out their way to talk to you or they're not going out their way to make themselves known to. And now, as far as the teachers, the teachers, they're humble. They say, yes, I know you're an athlete, but we're not going to just give you one. Well, the teachers I have, there might be other teachers, but the teachers I have, they know I'm an athlete. They're not willing to give me anything, but they were willing to bend over backwards at that. If I show them, hey, I'm working hard to get my grades, I'm working hard for this. They'll do anything in the world to help me get my grades if I'm showing that I'm putting in the work. If I don't do nothing, they don't they don't give me anything. Well, they, they didn't give me anything. So that was, that's kind of like the difference between the recruiting process and when you get on campus. Right, right. We're talking with former Georgia Bulldog Richard Samuel. Got his uh, Richard Samuel football camp coming up this Friday and Saturday in Winder, Georgia. Uh, again, it's over at uh, the Victor Lord Park in Winder, ages 9 through 13 on the 24th. It's $35 per child from 6 p.m. to 8.30. And then Saturday from 9.30 to 11.30 is the younger kids, ages 5 to 8, and it's uh, $25 per kid. Uh, Richard, tell me this. How? What are your expectations heading into the season? What, what do you think this Bulldog team, under Coach Smart, new regime and everything, what do you think they can accomplish this season? Huh. I, I, it's making the aspect a, a judgment of what they can accomplish. And the reason I say that is yes, they have a ton of athletes. Same, same thing as under the coach Rick. He had a ton of athletes and a number of guys that we, went, that we put through the NFL. And I just how they use the athletes that we have. Mm-hmm. That's the main thing that will make the make or break the team or make or break Georgia's season. How do you how do you utilize your athletes? Do you make the playbook around their ability, or you try to make them fit the playbook? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. if you if you molded the playbook to where okay, this athlete can excel because of his ability within this playbook. I mean, we'll be amazing. We'll dominate. Where yeah. you try to say, hey, this is the playbook. You got to try to fit it with your ability. Hey, we're not budging it, then be a little well. Let's see how it works. So right. if we utilize the apps to their strengths, you know, within the scheme, I think we can dominate those. Man, we got numbers and we got apps. Mhm. Have you uh have you been over to, to uh Butts Mayor since Coach Smart's come back and have you get to talk to anybody over there or what? I've been over a couple times in the uh I was torn a little bit with the um, what's called that with the new renovation downstairs, okay. and then I spoke with the uh, team chaplain, uh, Thomas Huff, who were very close. Mm-hmm. I haven't had a chance to talk to um, Coach Smart yet, but just right. talking to guys and he, talking to him, he said, you know, a lot of guys they're buying, they're excited, and then just and then talking to him about the um, Coach Smart and his new relationship with the alumni. He said, Coach Smart wants all the guys to come by. I mean, he's an alumni that he played there. He wants all the guys to feel, or the alumni to feel, like, hey, they're still welcome. They're still part of the program. Good, good. That's now. I'll be honest. Now, tell me this. Um, we've talked to some guys that were in the program before Rick. 
and and a couple of and I've also heard Champ Bailey talking about it a little bit before as well. But they kind of had the feeling that Coach Rick he didn't really keep anybody away. But I don't I think they kind of felt like he didn't necessarily go out of his way to welcome them to the program. Is that did you get that vibe at all, or what are your thoughts on that? Um, I probably say close towards the end of my career when I started the Paul Oliver Network. Uh-huh. I feel like that was his top of his his way to try to bring the older guys back. And before that, once you're done and your last day is playing, it's like, well, and you go off your own way, there's really nothing tying you connecting you back to Georgia. Mm-hmm. Besides, you know, saying you're a Leatherman and having a Leatherman jacket. There was no real networking. There was no real relation between the current guys and the alumni or even a relation between the alumni to bring the alumni back together. But now, now um, at the end of um, my career, he started the Paul Oliver Network, and that was to bring alumni back and bring them and let them be involved in the network. Like Randy Kern, I think he's now on the board of the Paul Oliver Network to try to get, get some networking events and organizations up and running with that. Mm-hmm. So as far as Coach Rick trying to bring the guys back and let him be a part of the organization, I feel like he's trying. he tried to do that. But then on the NCAA, there's so many hoops and cans and cannots, do's and those that you have to watch out for. Right, right. But there, there's something in place to make sure that that bridge or that gap that is built between the alumni, between the alumni together as well as the alumni and the younger and the current players. Right. Yeah, I. Yeah, I, I couldn't imagine. I mean, obviously, I don't know Coach Rick. You you know him very well, but you know, I just didn't get. I never got that much of a feeling from him that he would go out of his way to you know to keep anybody away from the program or anything. I, I think it just may have been a like you said, just kind of a why would they? There wouldn't be much, as much of a tie to the program without their their former coach, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm glad to hear Coach Smart's opening up you know to anybody and everybody you know, former players like that, especially with him being a former player himself. Yes, exactly. Um, well, I also now I know you yourself have had a, a very big year here. I believe I saw you, you got married here recently. Is that right? Yes. Yes, I did. Um, it was May 21st, a uh, month, month ago. There you go. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I was fortunate and blessed by the good Lord to have a best friend and a partner. So I said, well, hey, might, might as well jump the boom and tie the knot before I stay with some wrong loser. You know how guys are. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you find the right one, you better lock them up, man. <laughs> exactly. That, that's I had to. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, how are uh, how have, how has the vibe around Athens been as far as you feel like there's a lot more energy around the program? I know we've we've had some some of the recruits on and they really really seem to to notice a, a major difference in the in the energy around the program. But have you noticed the same or? I have I have. There's a there's a sense of it being new. 
they're lo- they're enjoying the aspect of it, just the newness of. Okay, we got a new coach in here. The clean slate. They're all pumped and ready to see. Hey, let's see what we can do. Let's mm-hmm. see what we can accomplish. Let's see if we can be that team that get Georgia over the hump. So yeah, mm-hmm. there's a new vibe and everybody's just hyped up and full of energy about it. Yeah. And how was your? Did you make it to G Day or? Yeah, I did. I did. What What did you think being in the in the stadium and everything? What was your What were your thoughts on that? Oh man, it was amazing. I mean, the yeah. game was amazing. It was hot, I'll tell you that. But <laughs> it, it, it was amazing. I mean, they played good. It was it was impressive. To just see what they did just a couple a couple months of being under smart. I feel like once they get comfortable and they can react with their second nature, it'll be to the next level. Mm-hmm. Now, are you a little? Hi, baby. Were you a little envious of uh, having Ludacris performing before the game? That you didn't have it for your G Day games, or <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Well, darn, you know, why can't I have something like that?" <laughs> All the years that I was there, we had nothing close. The stadium ain't never been packed out for G Day when I was there. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a it was a great great time for for Georgia, and I think hopefully a sign of things to come. I think, man. Yes, um, it was. It really was. All right, Richard. Well, I don't want to keep you too long here tonight, but uh, definitely wanted to have you on and, and get your thoughts and, and also get your uh, get your football yes. camp talked about. So, uh, of course. I mean, I'm glad to come on whenever you have any questions. Uh, I'm ready to see the season and see what these guys can do. Yeah, man. We're down to what seventy five ish days, seventy four days. Yeah. Like that. So it's yeah. It's almost it's time. Quick. It'll be here before you know it. It'll be the longest but quickest 70-something days to, to go by, I imagine. <laughs> yes, it will. <laughs> All right. Appreciate it, Richard. And uh, everybody, go to uh, SamuelPerformance.com to register for the football camp, or you can register on site there at the Victor Lord Park in Winder, Georgia. Again, that's Friday, this Friday the 24th from 6 to 8.30 for ages 9 to 13. And then on Saturday morning from – 9.30 to 11.30 for ages 5 to 8. What kind of uh, what what kind of things are you guys going to go over on, on at the camp? Just anything and mostly your technique and, and basics, basic fundamentals and things or what? Yeah, just the basic fundamentals of each position, teach them how to get in the stand, teach them what to expect out of position. And then we're just going to play and have a little fun at the end of the camp and run around and see, see if they put to use what we taught them. Right, right. Yeah, but we're we're not gonna do any any pads or anything. We're just trying to have fun and be safe out there. Oh yeah. All right, Richard, we'll appreciate it and and get everybody out there. Have have fun Friday and Saturday, and uh, as always, go dogs. Ah, uh, yes, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. All right. Thank you. That was Richard Samuel. Former Georgia Bulldog got his football camp coming up, giving us some good insight into the Georgia program, and he's he's pumped up, ready for the season, just as much as anybody else, man. You guys, does it feel like seventy something days until football? Or <laughs> I swear, it's like about three hundred, man. It's, it's going to be long, but 
It's not. It's going to be here before you know it, too. I swear. I used to. You get arrested twice before the summer's even over after your freshman year. Holy, <laughs> dude. Arrested for theft by taking has come out now. Uh, my boy had a BB gun on campus and now theft by taking. And, and yeah. we're in the middle of summer workouts of his freshman year. Jeez. Luckily, it, so it doesn't have anything to do really with the, I mean, it's doesn't really have anything to do with the first thing with the with the BB gun yeah. thing. It's just well, on I mean, top of you you know by now that basically they told him you get in trouble again and you're done. Right. And they got in trouble again, so if he's done. Yeah. Because I mean they're not even waiting for it to come out. You know, any bullcrap scenarios like oh he's busting his tail in the eat while we're in the air conditioner or any BS like that. Right. Um, and the reason I was saying that is because it was, you know, Rochester was involved in the first thing, but there's been no word whatsoever with anything with him. So. As long as as long as they don't get in trouble again, I think Rochester's okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get in trouble, though, because... Yeah, I know, right? Man, you get processed so quick. Well, you know what? The, the thing is, it sucks for for him, but this may be something that saves somebody else from doing something stupid. You know, I mean, I, you would I, you would think, but I don't there's been plenty of people that got booted, that got in trouble, that could have kept Clay from getting in trouble. So, I mean, you would think, but well, evidently yeah. it doesn't work that way. Yeah. I don't know, man. Well, all right, we got the potential replacement, I guess, in the Maurice Smith. Is there anybody else that could be possible for this year, or is this something that's probably going to be filled next year? Well, I mean, you got you to gotta look at it this way. you got you got to do your transfer, possibly transfer from Alabama. And, you know, he hadn't, like, just flat. He just asked for a release, and he's got his full release. So he could end up staying in Alabama. He hasn't left yet or anything. Right. You know, he's just exploring options or, or whatever. So you have that. Then you look at a 2017 class, and, uh, you know, you're looking at a lot of in-state guys. You had LeCount and probably Jacoby Stevens at safety. And then you're looking at William Poole, possibly A.J. Terrell at uh, cornerback. You're looking at Demias as, uh, you know, like a star type, you know, guy, corner, whatever. And you're looking at D'Angelo Gibbs, possibly, you know. And then you have Latavius Brini, you know, 6'2", 200 pounds, named UJ's leader, committing at the end of July. Right. So, I mean, if anything, that just means we got extra spots. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not saying this is going to happen, but... uh, Brini, Jemias, and D'Angelo want to come, and well, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, just tell them or to be smart. You know, take a speedster and go after more of a project type. Right. Yeah, I just pulled up Maurice Smith. There was a a Miami uh, site that said Maurice Smith. Uh, 
see. Smith revealed in a in our brief encounter he was highly considering transferring to University of Miami. He was accompanied by a teammate to discuss Smith's transfer process. Smith loved the outlook of Mark of Coach Rick. Already has a relationship with with uh, Coach Diaz from the Texas days. I don't know how. Oh, because uh, he's the kid. He gets from from Texas originally. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see. Uh, given his limited body work, hard to say how Smith would perform. Smith also revealed that he was interested in Maryland and noted that former Alabama defensive coordinator and current Georgia Bulldogs head coach Kirby Smart spoke, spoke to him about defensive back roles. And this is from June 20. This is from earlier today. So. I got you. So, yeah, that's definitely right on, right on track, I would think. As a as a as an option, uh, well, let's talk a little bit about, a little more recruiting here on Field Street Forum Radio. Uh, your host, the Real Dre, joined tonight by Jason Harry Dog and Calvin from Camden. We just spoke to Richard Samuel uh, for about thirty minutes there. So if you missed it, check out the replay later on. I'll post it. Check it out and listen to it. Uh, but recruiting wise, any new News, what's the latest news with Georgia recruiting? I guess there was – I guess you kind of gave us some with uh, Breeny announcing Georgia is his leader right now. Is that kind of a surprise or – Um, Honestly, after his visit, no, not really. He's the one that posted the uh, little running man challenge video while he was at Georgia and was just posting up stuff like crazy, like he had the best time, so – I would say yeah. before the visit, yeah, it would, but after the visit, not really, because he looked like he just had a great time. Gotcha, gotcha. Is he? Where is he from? Is he in state or? No, he's a he's a Florida dude. Okay. Florida was thought to be like I wouldn't say the leader, but. At least up there, anyway, being in the state. Yeah, yeah. How? Uh, who's the? Uh, who was the top twenty prospect that was wearing UGA gear? I saw somebody talking about that. Did you hear anything Who's about that? Who was about wearing UGA gear as top twenty prospect? Oh. Uh, that's fine. The twenty four seven paywall. Oh, okay. Uh, let's see. Well, uh, they're usually pretty nice about it, so <laughs> I, I think I think I think I think I think we'll be okay. It was uh, Isaiah Wilson, the five star offensive tackle from New York. You oh, know, okay. just recently visited. Yeah. One of the twenty four seven guys saw him at a uh, I think hockey game. I think it's in. I saw. I think it was and we posted the uh, we posted the link on the uh, on the chat. So go ahead and link up too. Oh, okay. Was that where he said something about he was a Michigan commit and then he committed to somebody else? And... No, I think that was somewhere else. Or was that, I think that was Rivals? I think. Oh, okay. And then he said. But he I don't think. Fine. I think that. I think that's like way out of context. Right. I think. Is, did they? <laughs> My thinking is when you read that, yeah, if you take that by itself, that's 
interesting, but I think what it is is he's probably saying, making it out like each one of those has been a rumor that's been out. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I took it. And I mean, you know, you can worry that way for more clicks and clickbait and all that crap, but right. Yeah, he. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't. Don't think anybody turn him away, but <laughs> I don't think he's quite ready yet to make his commitment. Uh, yeah, no. I mean, if if I mean that last uh, that last visit, probably may have put us up kind of in there with Alabama, Michigan guys like that. I would think he says. You know, he always says he doesn't have any leaders, but yeah. What? And then just to, just to kind of emphasize the you just never know kind of thing with with this recruiting staff now. Remember the other day I I, I messaged you about uh, as my computer freezes. Um, about a, a cornerback, a top 20 cornerback or whatever from California, just put out a top, I think it was a top 10 or top 8, something like that, and, and there's Georgia right there in the middle of it. So, I mean, and I asked you about it, and I was like, wait, who's that? <laughs> it's just, a, you know, one of the top cornerbacks in the country. I mean, that just happened again with a top 100, uh, like, defensive end outside linebacker from Texas. He had Georgia fifth, and I'm like, man, I probably, I probably, you know, just because of having the site, probably just closer than just about anybody, and I don't even know who this dude is. Yeah, that's what I, I mean. That's it's crazy, man. I mean, that they are so involved with so many kids from all over, all over the country. You know, I mean, yeah, we want to throw up I mean, a wall, nah, but I mean, they're talking to everybody, dude. I mean. I mean, you know, you use all the cliches of the world, won't be outworked and no stone unturned, but, I mean, it's a daggum truth, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, these dudes are talking to everybody. And then, remember last week, we were, we really kind of went in depth on linebackers, so I don't want to, you know, go back into it too much, but it looked like we had a lot of talk with, uh, a lot of talks with, with linebackers in the state and, and around the southeast again. Well, you got to bring one up because uh, Nate McBride did his top five, which, you know, there weren't any surprises. Yeah. Georgia, Alabama, Auburn, Stanford, and Oregon. Right, right. And actually, uh, actually, Blue Dog was the first person ever because, you know, he knows some folks in Vidalia, middle mm-hmm. Georgia, and uh, he, Blue, was the first one ever to even say anything about Oregon. That's like his dream school, man, but, you know, he's not going to school on the West Coast. Yeah, let's hope not. I mean, if, if Oregon was the distance from him as, like, Alabama, it'd be over by now, I guarantee Yeah. But, you know, I, I, was, really going, I mean, he'll take his visit and have probably take his visit and, you know, have his fun and have a great time and all that. But when it comes down to it, I don't think he's just not going that far away. Yeah. So it'd be a huge surprise at this point if, if he even picks Alabama, to be honest. If, right. if he doesn't pick Georgia, it'd be like a big shocker. Yeah, uh, he had a couple articles on the uh, front page with uh, Leonard Warner from Brookwood, and then uh, Tyler Taylor, also from uh, he's from Lanier. 
give us a little bit of your thoughts on those two, and then uh, is it really is it between Georgia and Georgia Tech for for one? I think it could, I think it could end up being. I think you know you got teams like Duke and Florida State coming after them, but I really think it could be Georgia Georgia Tech, and it may end up being just according to who else we take, man. I don't see us taking Warner and Tyler Taylor just because of the other linebackers that we're more than likely getting. Right. I it's think it's going to end up being a choice if either of those two. Gotcha. Who who would you kind of have above the any any preference on the two or between the two? Oh man, I don't know, dude. That's a hard one. Because both of them are just both of them are tough. Right. It's hard to say either one of them is more athletic. Tyler Taylor's huge, man. Yeah, he's six. Six three two thirty, and then uh, he always looks just so much bigger than that. He's a, yeah, he does. He's a monster, dude. Real thick shoulders and everything. Yeah, I kind of lick. I mean, it's, and just because I get starstruck when I see the big boys, I lean more probably towards him. Yeah. He looks more athletic, but that's where I would get in trouble being a coach. I'd be like, <laughs> "Oh, look, he's muscular as hell. I want him." <laughs> Don't matter if he can play football or not. Just look good coming off the bus. Uh-huh. I'd have the meanest looking team and go zero and twelve. Yeah. Any uh, did did you hear anything on uh, McBride? Did he is he give an announced date or anything? Or he's saying that uh, he said a few times, you know, the Army All American game, but. Uh-huh. I don't know. I think I think he'll end up going quicker than that. It wouldn't surprise me if he was one of the silent. Oh, okay. And I mean, and then I haven't had anybody say, "Hey, McBride's one of the silents or anything like that. So don't right. say that the wrong way. But it it wouldn't surprise me if he was. Right. Right. <laughs> Would uh. Who was the defensive back, Brini? Is that right? Would he be the next possible commit on the 31st of July? Or Yeah, in July, you got to look at him. you got to look at Trevor Lawrence. Because you, you had the dead period coming from June 27th to July 10th. Oh, okay. And when it's dead period, man, they should name it different. Because when you think dead period, you think absolutely no contact at all. Right. It's just dead. Dead means dead, right? Yeah, kind of. Well, uh, it's no face-to-face. So the Got coaches it. can still call them, text them, message them, all that. Got you. Just no face-to-face visit. So you probably won't see any commitments during that time because you won't see any guys on campus. So right. after that, man, you're looking at him. It could be huge. I mean, absolutely huge month for EGA. So yeah. I mean, you're looking, you're looking at him. You got to look at uh, Trevor Lawrence. You got to look at Robert Beal. I'm trying to think of who else. Yeah. Do you think they? Do you think they'll try to push anybody to commit right before the dead period? Or um, or just not not as big a deal. Probably, I, maybe, maybe not. You never know with with freaking Kirby Smart. There are a lot of the coaches are on vacation and stuff. So, oh yeah. 
Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, let's see. You also had an article on uh, Caleb Chandler. Did you mention yeah, him? Yeah, Chandler. He's a he's a good dude, man. He uh he committed to Iowa State. Right. But he's the one that you know we're possibly looking at taking five offensive linemen, and you know you're looking at uh, Notori Johnson, Justin Schaefer, Dimery, all three already being committed. You're looking at Georgia leading for Andrew Thomas, mm-hmm. and so they were possibly looking at fifth guy being a JUCO guy, but then Baker, I think Baker committed to Alabama, so uh, you know. I guess probably according to who they can get, you know. I think if Georgia offered Chandler, even if it's towards the end, him being from Jefferson and wanting to offer so bad, I don't know if he'd commit on the spot, but I don't think it would take long for him to flip to Georgia, to be right. honest. Just from talking to him before and, and all that, I, I don't think it'd take long. He's a good dude, man. I like him better than Tony Gray, to be honest. Yeah. Nothing against Gray, not a bathroom or anything, but I mean, if I was sitting there picking, I had a choice. I'd probably go Chandler. Right. Yeah, I've heard some some interesting things on Gray that I wasn't aware of before. Um, maybe a little bit of I don't know. I don't think I should probably go into it, but. Um, yeah, that's interesting to commit to Iowa State and then, but then you know still wanting that Georgia. I mean, I guess you got to get your spot no matter what. You know, what I'm saying wherever you can get it to start with, and then go from there. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there's always the in-state guys that are kind of borderline or whatever you want to call it. That you know we miss on some and. You know, you continue to recruit them, stay in touch with them, you know, that way in case you have to throw out an offer out there towards the end, then, you know, you, you have your list of guys that you know you can or hope you can go to at least. Right. Well, then you got a couple of articles on uh, 2018. DeAndre Lidiker, like there's been a shift there possibly with, uh, with him. Uh, yeah, he probably still... You know, I mean, it's early, so I would still think he would end up Tennessee, but we'll see. Where is he out of? He was teammates with Jacoby Stevens, but he transferred to uh, Riverdale and Murfreesboro, I think. Oh, okay. And, you know, I mean, I don't think him and Stevens were like, you know, not like Reuben Foster, Trey Matthews, or... DeAndre Swift, Martin Webb, like close, but you know they were, you know they were close. Right, right. All right, and then uh, even Georgia just not going to slow down. Tresman Marshall, the 2019 kid, has been offered by Georgia. Dude, he is a beast. He's already six one, two fifteen. Yeah, you know, you know, we always talk about these kids from South Florida. Uh, just country fed and country strong, just big yeah. as hell, and just I don't care what you have to do, get them on the team because they will eat your helmet off. 
he's like he's like one of them. Right. He's he's one of those he's one of those South Georgia boys that you just you don't want to miss on. Yeah, over at, over at Clinch County. Yeah, I think I think he actually played some uh, some quarterback for them last year. If I'm thinking of the right guy. Yeah, and he's listed as a linebacker now. So. Yeah, I, I think I think he played some quarterback, running back, linebacker. <laughs> kind of like Cam Akers playing quarterback for his high school. Yeah, I mean, uh, do what you got to do. Yeah. Tell me this. Now, the kid that's at Bainbridge, uh, not white. What's, what's the kid at Bainbridge? Running back, Damian Pierce? Yeah. Is he 18 or 19? He's 18. He's good, too. Okay. Man, if we were... This is just dreaming. Somebody would pull him and Zemir White Zeus in the same class. That's ridiculous, <laughs> dude. My God. That would, uh, that would definitely put Del McGee up there with uh, Sam Pittman and James Coley in my books. <laughs> No doubt. If, if uh, he's able to pull two out of three from Swift, Carter, and Akers, then we're talking business. Yeah. yeah. And I actually like, uh, I don't know, I might like uh, the guy that Mike Brooks posted a uh, uh, link to. Hold on, i him. Colin Wilson. Oh yeah, he's from uh, Florida. <laughs> he's actually from Clay High School in Florida. Imagine that. <laughs> um, coming off of Yeah, when he he was kind of underrated because he's coming off a knee injury or something. Yeah, I think he was hurt last year, and right now he's like the number thirteen uh, running back in the nation, which is still you know not bad at all, but. Right. Hey, if you can ever add a Wilson on your team, you should you should try to get him. <laughs> I, I've been I've been noticing. No, I'm serious. I've been noticing like Isaiah Wilson and the other Wilson guy in the top ten of the yeah. you know the composite. These Wilson guys are really tearing it up. If you can if you can ever add one of them to your team, you should try to. We could we could definitely use one of the water boy. You can say what you want to, but when you play against them, you're going to see what happens. So I've I, I been seeing Georgia giving an extra effort to try to get some of the Wilsons on their team lately. You know I'm saying? If you get one, you win a national championship. Until, I'm predicting this. Until you get one on your team, you won't win a national championship. So well, you we got to, one. We got, uh, we got Shakiri Wilson. No, 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 I'm talking about Shakiri that's that's his mama uh, last name. I'm talking about somebody that actually has the daddy that's named Wilson. <laughs> you talking lineage, <laughs> man? <laughs> yeah, I'm talking. You know, we just we just had a reunion this past weekend, so I'm trying to tell you, it's a kid. Oh man, I I met a kid. I met a kid last week at the uh, at the uh, at the camp. Just from Beaufort, South Carolina, and he's a Wilson kid. He's a big old kid, and Coach uh, Coach Pittman was asking who he was, and he was a he was a big 
defensive tackle. He he wasn't that tall, but he was stout, man. He had big legs. I can't think of his first name, but it was Wilson. He don't have a Twitter. He don't have anything. Man, I'm like, dude, I asked him, I said, uh, do you have, you know, anybody looking at you? He said, yeah. I said, yeah, offers. He said, yeah. He said, but I don't know who they are. I'm like, how you don't know what offers you got? My, my coach won't tell me. I'm like, oh, my God. This is still going on. Yeah. You know, I mean, coach won't tell him who he got offers from. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. And so he was talking with a coach from UCF, was talking with him, and then uh, he walked away. And then I was like, hold up, hold up, coach, come back. I said, coach, um, I said, hey, son, did you get his Twitter account? He said, I don't have a Twitter. I said, dude, look. I said, man, in order for you to know what's going on in your recruitment, you need to have Twitter. You need to contact these coaches where you can know what's going on. I said, can you can you, can you promise me tonight you will start your Twitter and follow this guy? He said, yes, sir, yes, sir. I'm like, man, this is so crazy, man. It's crazy how some of this stuff, some of these kids are getting overlooked because the coaches are holding the office from them and going to send them to the school that they want to send them to. That's that's crazy in 2016. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Well, I, I just I just read this, Dre. It's actually a good point. Might be maybe the best news from Clay getting kicked off is Rochester gets a new roommate. <laughs> oh Lord! I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, if you think about it seriously, though. You know, you got to, I mean, by the way, you get arrested. I mean, I'm not going to try to trash a guy, but you get arrested twice in four months. It ain't even summer workouts over yet. It's not trash on a kid to call him a bad apple. Well, well, I mean, well, you, get a, you get a bad apple out of that dorm room and, and get somebody no, else in there with Rochester, and that might help him. I'm going to say this, Jason. He probably just turned 18 or may not even be 18. And, you know, come on. You're off on your own for the first time. I mean, I kind of agree with the people out in Louisiana. Let's give them a chance. But I'm saying, you, you can't start your program off like that. I agree with what's going on with letting him go. But I can't I can't rightfully write him off as a bad apple. I know it took, took for me to get to be 26, 27 years old to really have common sense of, you know, trying to do what's right and try to have, you know, the... I, I, you know, us men are do some dumb stuff, and I'm 17, 18 years old on campus since, you know, since spring. I mean, he's probably just doing a whole bunch of dumb stuff. Man. Well, until he proves himself to not be one, then he's put that moniker on himself. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying they did the right he's, thing he's with letting him go. Just trying to prove that he's one. Right, they did the right thing with letting him go, but I mean, you know, how many mistakes have you made? Like at that age, I'm just saying, without being caught and out being in the limelight, that's just how I look at it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess the only thing it's kind of dumb, you know. You can you can kind of give somebody the benefit of the doubt on doing dumb stuff, but that's by taking, I guess. Again, we well, don't I mean, know the story. He, but. he got the benefit of the doubt after the BB gun thing. Well, now you get in trouble again, and it's, come yeah. on now. Cam Newton. I mean, Cam that's Newton. what I'm saying. Yeah. Not, not every, not everybody's a Louisiana district attorney. <laughs> I'm uh, saying Cam Newton. Cam Newton got the theft by taking a, a a a laptop that was sold to him or whatever. So 
you you know, you get caught up with them books too. Trying to turn in some books and all this. I know some guys that got caught up with that. Like turning in books after the semester and taking somebody else's books or somebody got them to sell some books. I mean, it's just, I mean, I'm not saying that's what it is. I'm just saying he's making dumb choices. And like you say, until he proves that he's not, then he's labeled himself. Nobody's labeled him. He's labeled himself. Yeah, you just got to hope he can get it figured out. I'm guessing, I'm assuming he'll probably go to a JUCO. And I mean, it, it, it makes news because I get in trouble and get arrested and all that, but, you know, there's there's a whole lot more that never get in, never do stuff like that than, than the ones that do get arrested. So it's, yeah. it's not impossible. And Yeah. Yeah, and like you say, with him already being in trouble, that just makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. That just but, makes no sense. You know, but taking something, though, or stealing something is kind of, like I said, depending on what the story is, but, you know, it's well before, you know, 17, 18 years old that you know that that's not the right thing to do. You know what? I honestly halfway don't even care what the story is. Here, here's my deal. I don't care if you're 17, 18, 19, 20, 39, 45, when you have right now felony charges for having a gun on campus. Yeah, that's dumb. Well, you keep yeah. your nose clean of anything yeah, I, and everything. You go out of your way. I do agree. not even come close to even getting in trouble. I mean, no, I agree. I agree. And then, and then you get this. I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're 15. Yeah, I agree. And 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 it ain't like I mean I don't know the dude's personal life, but I mean the dad played you know for Georgia Tech. So I mean as far as I know, you know his dad played for Tech. You know he had his mom and his dad in the house. Was you know I mean as far as I know, seems like raised the right way. You know he wasn't didn't grow up in you know hurting or, or, you know, without a father figure, you know, any of the stuff that usually leads to stuff like this. I mean, from everything we can tell, without getting into his personal life, it seems like he was raised the right way. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that, that's, that's kind of what makes it that much worse. Yeah. Oh, well. When you have all these kids that, you know, kids grew up with nothing and having to fight their way. I mean, look at, okay, for instance, look at Demery. You know, you got Demery, you know, you got a four-month-old kid. He's working his ass off. You you know, you can tell what a kid has been through a lot of times and, and what he's working through and all that. And, and Demery's killing himself to, to to do right for his little four-month-old and his mom and all that. And, you know, having great write-ups on him about what he's doing and, how hard he's working, he's transforming himself and committing to Georgia and wanting to make a life for himself and his family. And then you have kids whose dad plays in the NFL and looks like they had almost everything they ever wanted and then pull some bull crap like this. That's yeah. kind of what pisses you off about it. Just kind of throwing away the opportunity kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, well... Like I said, just hope he can get it figured out, learn from this. That's the big thing. you got to learn from it and and go on and 
It's all, you know, the kid's got talent, so. Yeah, hopefully, you know, I mean, hopefully third time's a charm with him and he he picks it up and does right and makes it somewhere. Right, right. I mean, you know, even, you know, no matter what these kids do, you never that pissed off at them where you just want them to fail or anything like no, that. No, no. You know, you're disappointed in them and, you know, may call them a DA or, or whatever, but, you know, you never want them to just totally fail. Right. So hopefully, you know, he gets gets straight whatever he needs to get straight and and, and makes it for himself. Yeah. Um, well, hey, Johnny, I got to tell you this. All right. Yeah. So a lot of people don't know. I started working with uh, with Playbook Athletes, mm-hmm. which we cover, you know, more of the um, more of the guys that are going to be going to like, you know, Middle Tennessee State, you know, the smaller schools like that. You know, don't have all these stars by their name, and the pay sites aren't covering them and all that. Anyway, we do a lot of work with those guys. Mm-hmm. So we also do work with uh, Georgia Prep Sports Academy. I'm okay. actually going up to Georgia Prep next Friday and uh, and meeting all the football players that are coming in and all that. All right. But, so do you remember, and I know I posted a video of it, uh, this dude from California, he's 400 pounds, he's 7 foot, 440 pounds, and he was playing running back. In high school. I do. We all made a big deal about it, like the biggest player in in the United States. So anyway, I got to call him tomorrow. He is coming to Georgia Prep. Huh. And where are you going to play? Uh, offensive line or defensive line one. Oh, I was going to say. <laughs> he played in the... It was like a U.S. versus, I think, Canada maybe game. He played in that, and they handed the ball off at the seven-yard line, and he scored a touchdown. <laughs> well, anyway, this dude's name is John Crane. I, I guess you pronounce it Crane. It's K-R-A-H-N. He's from South Southern California. He's seven foot, 440 pounds. Good God. And he, he, he will be at Georgia Prep Sports Academy. Uh, this season. Wow. Arriving next Friday. I'll actually be up there, and I'll, I'll try to post pictures and stuff, but I'll be up there next Friday. Wait, what was the name again? John Crane, K-R-A-H-N. I guess, I'm just guessing that's how you pronounce the last name. Dang. Hey, he um, used to play basketball, too, but he started concentrating on football in 11th grade. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember him now. Big, I, big, big white dude, man. Massive, massive. Seven foot, 440 pounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, look, at, look it up. Uh, everybody can YouTube it. I'll actually see if I can find it. Good grief. I'm just shocked he didn't go to basketball. I know, I know. Oh, look, see, ABC has stuff on them, Max Prep does. Everybody got something on them. I'm about to post it on the, uh, on the chat. Mm-hmm. 
That's crazy, man. So I guess you uh, I gotta I gotta interview your boy tomorrow. <laughs> Let's see. And just talk to him about you know, you know what got him to Georgia Prep, all that good stuff. Oh yeah, well that'll be cool, man. Um, hey, I just I did write an article, just finished it up about I had my top three Heisman candidates heading into the 2016 season. Before, I mean, I had uh, Deshaun Watson, obviously, as the front runner. Then uh, Christian McCaffrey and Leonard Fournette. Would you guys disagree with with any of those? I think that'd probably be mine, too. Yeah. There ain't no way. I don't know. Mm. Huh? It'll have to be somebody to come up out the blue to beat them. And that's that's what's weird is because that, that's usually what kind of happens. I mean, it's yeah. usually somebody you Every don't year. even know about. Yeah. I, I, think, mean, I, think, it's, I think it's going to be hard to beat the Sean Watson. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's nice. He's I mean, nice. He threw for 4,000, rushed for 1,000. Oh, yeah, it's going to be hard to beat unless they just, unless they lose a couple of games that he, you know, they're not supposed to. The only, and I, I've said, I, I think Florida State wins the ACC this year, by the way. Over but what? Who quarterbacking? Yeah, I think, they'll, I think they'll get enough out of their quarterback. They got... I mean, they got some some kids, but I don't think it'll be McGuire. I think it'll be one of the new kids. Um, right. Well, I got to go with Clemson again. I think that defense yeah, is going to be nasty for Florida State, man. Florida uh, State keeps some athletes. They got some athletes. Yeah. And if the court and if the quarterback can throw it, I mean, way down the field, they can outrun some people. I was so, about to say, and you got you got old Dalvin Cook. You can just turn around and hand it to as well. So that's going to make his yeah easy. Now, now that might be the that might be the highest in winner right there. I just <laughs> he was he was probably fourth on my list. Uh, let, let me tell, let me tell you something now. Him him, Chubb and and Fournette. I don't. I know Fournette is really 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 good, but Dalvin Cook is really 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 good too. Yeah, he is real. I'm talking about he is. He, I had a, I had a guy tell me say look. At Florida, when when they when they guys before uh, the, the coaching staff left, but he's still there. He told me he said, "Coach, he said, look, he said if we get this guy. He said this guy is a difference maker." Mm-hmm. And the kid and the kid made the right decision because he told them he said, "Look, I'm, I'm he wanted to go to Florida, but he he said he had to make a business decision." They weren't sure if their coaching staff would be there, which he was right. And and Jimbo was entrenched, so he went to the right place. But the kid is the kid is. I mean, he's a home run every time, waiting to happen. Yeah. The only thing. I like on, go ahead. I was just gonna say the only thing on Fournette is he's kind of like. I mean, he rushed for almost two thousand yards last year, and. I think twenty two touchdowns and he missed a game. I mean, they they didn't have a game played. You know, they had that game cancelled against like 
some some directional school, I think it was. So, I mean, he probably could have added another couple of hundred yards there. I mean, it's just he could have been well over 2,000 yards last year. And this may surprise y'all, but I think uh, Cook will be a better running back than him in the pros. Mm-hmm. That's just my th- just my thoughts. I, I think Fournette is going to take on too many. He take on too many people from time to time. He take on a lot of stuff. Now, he, he, he'll bowl you over. And I don't know about bowling too many over, over and over in the in the pros. Yeah. Gotta be, I mean, I don't know. His style of running. He's a bad boy, though. God. He's thing is, though, <laughs> he doesn't have, you know, you talk about the quarterback at Florida State having Dalvin Cook to lean on. LSU doesn't have anybody at quarterback to, to let them lean on Leonard Fournette, it seems like. Yeah, they'll be okay because they got some wide receivers that make, and make a difference with oh, yeah. short passes, a little short passes and stuff. So I think, I think Brandon, whatever his name, this is his third year in the system. Brandon he, uh, Harris. Yeah, Brandon Harris. I, I think I think I think it'll be pretty good. Yeah, I, I like LSU here too. You can't forget about dogs either, though. I think yeah. dogs may may you know. I hope he don't, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, hold on, we got another call calling in. Let's see who we have. <laughs> Field Street Forum Radio, who do we have? No, I'm just listening, man. All right. Appreciate it, man. All right. Um, the only thing with Dobbs, and, and, you know, you look at Tennessee's schedule, man. I I don't know. Uh, what do you all think on that Virginia Tech game? I think Virginia Tech's going to surprise some people. I like I like the hire, and I like them keeping – Bud Foster as a defensive coordinator for some three right. years, and then adding some offense with with Fuente. Yeah, that could be a trap game for them. The first yeah. game of the season. And yeah. it's in uh, it's in, well, they opened with Appalachian State, which you know, if you're not ready, obviously Apple step up and bite you. But I don't think they will this year. But but that game's going to be that Virginia Tech game is going to be played at Bristol. Motor Speedway, and they're going to have like 160,000 people or something like that for that game. Yeah, but but Bruce Jones is like we've always been. There's there's at least one a year that he's going to blow. Yeah, I'm. I don't know if they beat. I don't know if they beat Tennessee, but I think Virginia Tech's going to be in for a good year. Uh, then Ohio State. I mean, I'm sorry, they have Ohio. The week after, and then they then Florida comes to town, and then they go to Georgia, then they go to Texas A and M, and then Alabama comes calling. At least it's in Knoxville for them, but they go to South Carolina, Tennessee Tech, Kentucky. Their usual easy game, easy stretch down the down the rest of the season. So if if, if Tennessee only loses one game in their first seven games, I guess it is, yeah. No, six games. No, seven games, yeah. I think they, they probably went out because they've closed with South Carolina, Tennessee Tech, Kentucky, Missouri, and Vanderbilt. 
Vanderbilt could sneak up with the they got a real good defense, but I don't think they're gonna be able to keep up scoring wise. If if Tennessee's gonna lose, they're gonna have to lose early, I think. Is the only problem. And that that's kinda why I thought and I don't necessarily know that they make it through that four game stretch of Florida, Georgia, A and M and and Alabama unscathed. That's that's why I that's why I took Dobbs. I didn't have him in my my list for the Heisman. But if he do come out of that, if he did, if he does, yeah, he's gonna yeah, have a good yeah. chance at it. Cause um, I I don't think they do though. I don't think they do. But he may have to throw for a lot, and if he can keep him close, he can still be a candidate. I, you know, but uh, they, yeah, yeah, you named a real tough. That's a tough stretch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope they don't come out of it. But yeah, I don't either. Yeah. I certainly hope they lose on October first. Uh, <laughs> so that's going to be interesting. Who? And I guess before we you can kind of wrap up with this tonight, but who is your favorite in the East? In the SEC East, I had a friend of mine on Facebook. Of course, he's a he's a big Florida fan, but he said that he thinks Florida wins the East this year. I I think uh, I think Tennessee is the favorite by just looking at what all they have coming back. But mm-hmm. when you look at the but when you look at the schedule, you can't favor them. Uh, yeah. Florida is better than they're better on offense than people think they are. I think if they play Luke Luke Del Rio, they can score some points. Defensively, mm-hmm. I don't think there's I don't think they're as good. They lost some key pieces, which they got mm-hmm. some guys that they're plugging in. But still, you know, you got to see how that how that goes. And then yeah. Georgia, Georgia, it's according to who they play at quarterback and how well they play at quarterback. And what I mean by that is, uh, if if they don't, I say this: if they if they don't play Lambert, like for for like more than three games, then they they have a chance at winning. You know, if they get through, because they can they can still lose they can lose to North Carolina and still win the East. You see what I'm right. saying? Because that's not a conference game. So, I mean, they have a chance in every game if they get the quarterback play. I don't think like I this is my opinion. I don't think Lambert could get them to where they can win the East because, but I, th- I think they'll jerk him anyway. I think they'll take him out of the game. I really do. I don't think, I don't think he's this staff guy. So I don't think we have to worry about them being a sitting duck and just or a lame duck and just leaving him in the game. So, I mean, I think Georgia has a chance of winning the East. Yeah, even in the, even in the first year, you know, right? Even in the first year, I think they have a chance, and and it really depends on the defense more than the offense. I think the offense, I think Cheney will be able to generate offense. I think that won't be a problem. I think defensively, uh, just with all the new faces, linebackers, you know, defensive backs, you know, I mean, some defensive backs, some. 
defensive line early in the season. So according to how the defense play, I think the offense will generate points. I think they'll score over 20, 20 24 points a game. I think they can get three touchdowns in a field goal every game. I think they can do that. I mean, mm-hmm. with the mix of backs and, and, you know, some of the packages that he's been using, I think they can do that. It's going to mm-hmm. be predicated on really on the defense, man, if the defense can can hold up and do they have enough depth on the right. defensive line and on other places because it's going to be very inexperienced on the defensive line. So, I mean, according to how the rotation is and what kind of push they can get in penetration. So, right. I, yeah. I think defensively is, is, you know, they say the quarterback is the biggest biggest question, but I think defensively is the biggest question because Mel Tucker, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, Florida schedule real quick. UMass, Kentucky. North Texas, and then at Tennessee, at Vandy, then host LSU, then they host Missouri, then off, then Georgia game, then they go to Arkansas, host South Carolina. Oh, Blue and uh, Swanee, they got the Presbyterian Blue Hose coming in, and then uh, they go to Florida State. So they their schedule is kind of set. Set up it's pretty nice. Out, that's for sure. Yeah, it's not. It's not like one after another. You know, right. the LSU game is probably probably lose, probably get beat. But then mm-hmm. the Georgia game is always a toss up, no matter how good either team is playing. So, you know, that's that's either. I don't know how you you can't count that as a win or a loss on either one of the teams' schedule. So, right. And then everybody they, else is beatable. Yeah. That back-to-back Tennessee and Vandy game, they seem to always struggle with Vandy a little bit. Everybody does. Yeah. And uh, don't sleep on that Arkansas team after after the Georgia-Florida game. they got to go out to Fayetteville. And I'm going to say this. We don't know what Missouri is going to do. When you don't think about Missouri is when Missouri beats you. When you don't know what's going on down there, because they, let me tell you something, they recruit good. They recruit, they may not be five stars and all this, but they get some guys out of Georgia and out of some more places that can can actually play. And uh, they uh, they didn't lose too much of the coaching staff. I mean, they hired within, so, yeah. you know, if you, if you start thinking that they're an automatic win, so you have to throw them in there because they could. They, they could challenge, or they could right. just mess up everybody else. They could mess up everybody else, you know. They could lose yeah. to the teams that they're supposed to beat and and beat the teams that they're supposed to lose to. So you have to watch them. You know? Yeah, Missouri real quick. Uh, West Virginia, at West Virginia. Uh, Eastern Michigan, then Georgia, Delaware State, then at LSU, then off week, then at Florida. Middle Tennessee comes in, Kentucky at South Carolina, hosting Vanderbilt at Tennessee, and then host Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Another thing, I haven't really researched a whole lot, but it's going to be interesting to see who has – usually there's one school that has like – it's like every opponent has the week off before they play them. 
Yeah, it did last year. Who did that last year? I know Georgia had it one year, and I think uh, I think it was Alabama last. I think Alabama had it last year. Yeah. 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 I think it was yeah, two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody was off the week before us, man. I was like, God almighty. Hey, and the reason I say that about Georgia defense is because of what Kirby said about the defense. You know, it's yeah. not what it's not what he's used to. And so that tells me, you know, size wise, first he said, and, and length wise. So, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of tells me that they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to create some stuff differently than they're used to doing. So they may be a year or two away from having the defense that they want. Well, I know they're a year or two away, but they could. They can disguise it some kind of way. They might figure figure a way to disguise it. Right. Right. Yeah. Blitzing, blitzing changes a lot of stuff if you're blitzing from all over the field. Right. <laughs> it has some weakness. Oh yeah. Then of course Georgia's schedule is North Carolina, Nickel State, at Missouri, at Ole Miss, host Tennessee, at South Carolina, host Vanderbilt, off Florida. Florida might be the one this year. I don't know. I have to look at it more. Uh at Kentucky, host Auburn, host Louisiana Lafayette, and host the Yellow Jackets. That's a tough schedule. Yeah. Um, Jason, who's your who's your pick as of right now heading into the SEC East? Who's pick for what? Your pick for the SEC East right as of right now. Oh, that's a hard one. On paper, you'd have to think Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you play it out on the field, I think it's going to be Tennessee, Florida, or UGA. Yeah, exactly what I said. Yeah, according to how things turn, you know. And it's and it, you got to think too. I, I, you know, okay, I'll tell what, you this. I go, I go ahead and put the, I go ahead and put it out there. Uh-huh. If Georgia gets some quarterback play, it's Georgia. How about that? Right. <laughs> I mean, and you got to think too. If when you're playing, it's different. When even though you have got all these kids coming back from last year, Hurd and Dobbs. Uh, Kamara and the defensive back that goes after everybody's knees and everybody's Damn. back. But it's uh it's different whenever you're expected to win and whenever you're you're on the come up. You know what I'm saying? It is yeah. exactly. Yeah. You know you're Tennessee. You know that probably start off in the top ten. I bet maybe our close at least. Yeah. I mean, there's gonna be a lot of their games where they're gonna have to target on their back. Yeah, and think about those games that they lost last year. You know, does that does that rear up again where they, you know, are unable to finish out games and, and lose big leads and stuff? So we're about to find out because I tell you this: if, if it if it does come up again, and then they lose Dobbs and Kamara and and all those guys, Chris Jones may be looking for a job. Yeah, especially with all this, you know, rape stuff coming up too. Right. So they already well, got rid of the chancellor. AD is next. Then, yeah. then, according to what Jones does on the field, he might be coming after them. Yeah, and not only kind of like you got to kind of almost have to put him in the Baylor situation where if all the focus, all you ever get asked about is 
you know, off the field stuff, that's a major distraction too. Well, and and the thing with Baylor is, man, I thought that happened quick. Yeah. It's like, okay, Baylor ain't going to do crap, blah, 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 bam, everybody gone. But you, of course, he made a nice $40 million to... Well, yeah, of course. But... Away, but... <laughs> Not that he wants that on his reputation, but makes it easy. Oh, Kurt, Kirby Smart said, unfortunately, Chad will no longer be part of our football program. It was very disappointing. We wish him the best in his efforts to continue his education. Yeah. Damn. That's it. Well, that sucks. But it is what it is. Got to, both sides have to move on and learn from it and go from here. All right, guys, any other final thoughts on anything? Yeah, just one question. Did y'all see the AJC thing on Big Jimmery? Yeah. Yeah, with the uh with his mom and Yeah, that was a good way. His aunt and then the then the baby and everything, yeah. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, I like that one. I yeah. um he he's 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 doing a good job getting and and working on himself and, and doing things for the right reasons, man. So he, yeah. he, I tell you what place he's got to do better. If he really and truly wants to keep stuff a secret, he <laughs> he, he got to do better with keeping a secret. <laughs> no, no, no. It it it, it was so when Pittman was here. It's like, come on, yep. I can't say it. And I tried to get him to, I tried to get him to, to do a little something different, but. <laughs> oh yeah, they I told him you got the shirts and everything. I said, <laughs> yeah. I think Coach Harold yeah. did not want to go through that again. <laughs> yeah, he was like, no, no, you go, go up there. And do it. <laughs> these people don't care. These people don't care. Wait, I to see you. You better, you better go straight forward. You better. I'm like, come on, man. Look at guy. Let him have a little fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We appreciate it. Get big thanks to uh, Richard Samuel for joining us again. If you have a, a young person that's wanting to learn football ages 9 to 13 or 5 to 8. 9 to 13 is Friday the 24th from 8, or excuse me, 6 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. It's $35 per child. And then on Saturday, June the 25th, ages 5 to 8, it's $25 per child, and it's from 9.30 to 11.30 for the Richard Samuel football camp. Uh, register online at samuelperformance.com. Or you can check in and register in person at Winder, Georgia, at the Victor Lord Park. That's at 82 Maynard Street in Winder, Georgia. Uh, big thanks to Jason Harry Dog. Thank you, Calvin. Y'all have a good week. This All right. The Real Dre signing out. Until next week, go dogs. See you. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.